Welcome, welcome everyone to MCU Rewatch, your path to Avengers Endgame. I am your host, Mark Turka, and on this episode, we are talking about Black Panther. And to break it all down with me, first up, my first co-host, Paris Lily. Paris, what's up, man? Hey, what's going on? We're talking Black Panther, and for me, I can sum it up simply by saying one of the most important movies ever made for representation. No doubt. No doubt, man. And uh, my other co-host, Swain. Swain, what's up, man? Oh, it's... Oh, we are at Black Panther. We are so close. Black Panther was last year. Just last year. Yeah. So we are on the home stretch. So close to Endgame. Only weeks away. Yeah. Well, uh, all right. So obviously, guys, we're talking about Black Panther this episode. And Paris, I want to let's just start off. I mean, you, you brought it up here in the beginning of the show. I mean, this this movie, I think, just received so much buzz around it um, for just basically what it represented. Right. I mean, I'll let you kind of jump into it a little bit if you want, man. Yeah. And, and I'm going to say this for, for people that don't know, I, I am an African-American. And um, for me, I, as an MCU movie. I don't it, okay because I know this is probably going to surprise some people. I don't actually think this is that great of an MCU <laughs> movie for me, for me, yeah. right? But for what the movie represented for me, being an African American, being a person of color, having that representation of an all black cast represented in a positive life, light doing the right things, you know, to even have the villain being a person of color and to see things from his point of view and actually understanding it for my kids to be sitting with me opening night and to see these heroes on screen that look like them was very important. And and I understand the phenomenon of it and I fully support it. I wait for the sequel to come out. Black Panther for, for the statement that it made for our society right now was absolutely phenomenal. It absolutely deserved mm -hmm. the best picture nomination that it got, you know, this year at the Academy Awards, hundred percent. Chadwick Boseman was great. I mean, Michael B. Jordan obviously knocked it out of freaking park as Killmonger. Just the, the whole cast was solid. Um, seeing Wakanda come to life, something that I would read in the comic books as a kid and go, man, I really wish it was a place like that. And to see it, represented on screen faithfully and the way I would have envisioned it as a child was amazing. You know, it, like I said, as an African-American, it, it, it was the right movie at the right time for me, for my kids, for the yeah. representation that, that it, it had. And, you know, obviously just look at the box office, look at how many people globally turned out mm -hmm. for that movie and supported that movie. And it's fantastic. But but like I said, when I put it in the whole scope of the MCU, it actually comes in about the middle for me. And I know like, I, I've said this before and people are like, you crazy, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> but, I, but that's just me. I, I, I will say this. I'll say that well, one second. I will say this, though, and then I'll be quiet. Killmonger is the best villain we've ever seen in the MCU. I mean, look, we still have more to tell with Thanos, obviously, but mm. as we sit here today, he is the best villain that Marvel's ever done for, for what he represented and for what his purpose was. Is fantastic. He's the realest villain, I think. Yes. And, you know, for yeah, a real absolutely. world villain, yes. I mean, he is just, you know, insane. I mean, for me, real quick, Swain, before you go, like, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, one thing I do want to mention to a lot of folks, and I know a lot of people always think of Stan Lee, you know, and oh, Stan Lee had a lot to do with Marvel. Stan Lee created, him and Jack Kirby created Black Panther. They created even the X-Men. And when you look at what those characters represent and being created in the 60s in the time frame where, you know, kind of America and just kind of the world was on the state of things like, you know, racism and all that, like... These are testaments to the creations that they made back then, you know. And like you said, Paris, for for this film to come out in this day, in this day and age, in this time, it was the most timely thing to come out. And and you know, I for me, like it, it was just very inspirational to see just you know the the love that the movie got when it came out. It was it was just fantastic. For me, I'm kind of with you. I would say where it is kind of middle of the road. I mean, I really do actually really like the movie. But when you start kind of you know laying it up against all the other movies. You know, it, it does kind of fall by the wayside. But I told you guys before, for me, the Black Panther just as a character, and I know we use the word badass a lot on the show, but man, that he, he is just such a badass character. He, to me, would be the one character I wouldn't want to meet in a dark alley. Like, you, yeah, you see Cap, but he would just be a guy kind of, you know, standing there. He's not really that intimidating to you. The Black Panther with the mask and the eyes. And I mean, when you see him, the one shot they have him up in the tree. If you were shining a flashlight around in the woods and you saw him sitting up in a tree, <laughs> that'd be terrifying, right? I, I just, yeah. I love the way they've they've created just the the suit for him. And and like you said, Chadwick Boseman just knocks it out of the park, man. There's, awesome. there's a lot for me to comment on there between the two of you guys. <laughs> but uh, I will say that I feel like... Um, especially with like representation and even with Captain Marvel that just came out, these first movies tend to be a little bit safer and they're, they're origin stories too. So they end up yeah. being safer in that, that respect as well. Uh, having just watched Captain Marvel for the third time the other day, nice. um, the, I think the reaction that both of them got just reinforces their ability to do whatever they want with the characters going forward. They can be yeah. a little bit bolder. They can take it in another direction. They can really risk a little bit more now that they know that like this isn't that hard for them to do. Like they're not going to of course there's going to be some weird stupid internet backlash that, you know, no one wants, but obviously the numbers show that that doesn't matter. Like yeah. it really doesn't matter. Nope. Uh, make great movies and people will go see the great movies. Um I do think that, yes, Black Panther on rewatch is really good, too. Like, mm -hmm. I, I, I agree with you, Mark. Um, I will say my only controversial thing is I like his Civil War suit way more. Really? Yeah. See, I, I don't, don't really like this one all that much. Oh, I like it. I don't it. know. It's it's maybe a combination of like the little nanotech type of things that I didn't really like in Tony's suit either. But uh, I liked the uh, the Civil War, so how it kind of went all the way up to his like uh, yeah. his jawline, and it kind of gave him a, like if he felt a lot bigger in Civil War than he did in uh, Black Panther. But I, <laughs> there's a lot of moments in Black Panther where they really bring uh, T'Chaka down, <laughs> like they're just like bringing <laughs> yeah. him way down to earth. Yes. Like, yes, between his sister and everyone else, they're just kind of like. Oh, you're not as big of a badass as you, you know, you come off, even though you're the Black Panther. Yep. Well, see, I, I think I like the suit because I love it when, you know, when they, um, 
what do you call it? like the physics you know kind of hits it and it's, it's kind of glowing purple i like that black and purple it's just an aesthetic that i always i always think is neat when you see it like in a video game or anything like that i always love it and it just shine it's just the way it's glowing i think is pretty neat uh, but I mean, let, let's so let's let's jump in here, guys. I think with you know we we get that opening scene of him, and we really start to see I think like the Wakandan tech. You know, that's one thing I think that this movie really brings forth is like, uh. hey, we all kind of knew Wakanda was there. We knew they had some vibranium in that, but the technology of this place is kind of unlike anything we've seen yet. I mean, obviously Tony. I mean, I guess we could say the Stark technology, but like these guys, they're they're kind of almost in a different league. They're not just creating robots. I mean, they're creating. You know, the, the ability to basically mimic, you know, you got these a bunch of these trucks driving down a road and they're able to basically materialize them and he can kind of pinpoint where he's going to go. And then, you know, when he jumps out of the, the ship, which really he doesn't jump, he just kind of rockets down uh, by falling out of the ship and he's able to throw something and disable the engines and just everything you see um, that, of the technology that they have. It really shows just how techno- technologically advanced the Wakandans are compared to everybody else, right? I mean, it's it's something that I think just moving forward in all the films, especially the way this film ends of him kind of announcing to the world who they are. Yeah. This is going to have some major impacts, I think, moving forward. Oh, 100%. Right? 100%. And then even a nice, uh, by Koye in uh, Infinity War, a nice callback to that, them revealing themselves to the world. You know, when, um, when, when the Avengers come to Wakanda and she's like... I, you know, I thought, you know, we'd do like the Olympics or a Starbucks or something like that. Not, <laughs> yeah. you know, not this. That, that was really good. But what one thing I want to go back to, because I, I think this is kind of the importance of, of Black Panther to me, was T'Chaka. We see a young T'Chaka back in the 90s in mm-hmm. Oakland, and he winds up killing his own brother. You know, over his brother was obviously trying to liberate the rest of, of, you know, people of color around the world using Wakanda technology, vibranium, the whole thing. He winds up killing his brother and he abandons Killmonger there. And that was his big sin that, yeah, he accidentally killed his brother. He didn't mean to do it, but he abandoned his nephew. If he brings he was a Wakandan, if he brings him back to Wakanda and and brings him into the family as he should have been. None of this happens with Killmonger. He doesn't hold all this anger for all these years and trains, you know, to become the person that, yeah. that he did and, and does the things that, you know, he could have educated him as to why taking that direction was was the wrong point of view. And the thing that I, I love the most was when that truth comes out, you know, in the throne room, because basically the, the royal family had become not, not arrogant. What's the word I'm looking for? Became very full of themselves in the sense Mm -hmm. that they thought they could do no wrong. They're perfect. But then here comes the dirty laundry. Here comes the dirty secret that was Killmonger to expose all of that. And then by the end of the movie to see that T'Challa actually understood Killmonger's point of view. He wasn't just this evil cackling villain. He was someone that just had a different approach to doing the things that Wakanda should have been doing the entire time because Killmonger's whole point was, Wakanda, you are the most advanced technology in the world, but instead you hide instead of sharing this technology with the world while we literally have billions of our brothers and sisters out there that Mm -hmm. are oppressed and you're not helping them. And that was Killmonger's whole point in that movie. And that's why I said I really liked it. And at the very end, he has such a powerful line at the end, and I'm probably going to butcher it and not say it word for word. I but think I know exactly dying, what line you're going to say, yeah, Ferris. But... Yeah, he was like, no, throw me in the ocean with the rest yep. of my brothers and sisters that jumped off those slave ships because, you know, basically they're the real heroes, right? But 
Love that. I mean, that's like I said, when I when I look at it from the standpoint of the society that we're in now, the political climate that we're Mm -hmm. in right now, it's a very powerful movie in that way. It really is. I mean, like I said, not maybe not so much the overall scope of the MCU, but like you said, Mark, down the road, the fact that we're now going to get exposed to the Wakanda technology and everything that that's going to happen with that. And obviously we've seen a little bit of that in Infinity War will matter down the road. But the more important message of Black Panther to me had nothing to do with the MCU at all because yeah, no. it was really it was really a reflection of where we are today. And if and if there was a secret society in Africa somewhere <laughs> that all this advanced technology, I really hope they would reach out and not just watch from yeah. afar. Well, I mean, while you, know, you from, see from so many people. Know, Paris, I mean, the Wakandans must have had this technology for years. Yeah. So if you think yeah. about it, going back to the days of slavery and all of this time. You can't tell me that they didn't know that was going on. So when you look at Killmonger's point, it's like, where were you? Like, why were you not here? And then to top it all off, then you abandon me as well? Like, no, we're, I'm not going to stand for this. And so he does whatever he needs to do to get back to Wakanda. And that's why, you know, when I say he's the realest vis- villain that they have. I mean, everything that he says, you can't help but understand his reasoning for, you know, for what he's doing. And I, I will say when I watched it this time, I... I couldn't exactly remember how um, uh, T'Challa like actually kills him. I was almost wondering if it was almost like by accident that he stabs him because it, it's like you know that had to pain him because like he knew yeah. I mean, he, we were we know he understands his plight and he it seems like he just got to the point where he tried everything he could do to tell him like you know let me be on the throne i will help you whatever and then just he felt like the only way to end this is just to stab him which he does but then he offers to save him and then that's when that line comes when he says like no you know i don't want to do that what are you going to do heal me and then throw me in a cage you know i'm gonna go i would jump off the boat or you know whatever that line is when he says he would jump off the boat it's like i I just feel like t'challa didn't really want to do that no he didn't he didn't. But I think there's another important thing about the character Killmonger that I really liked that they took this approach. So he he legitimately had a claim to the throne, right? Yeah. And he I want to do, you know, the, the you know, the, the ceremony fight that's supposed to happen. And he won fair and square. He didn't cheat, he didn't do anything underhanded. He like he even told T'Challa, I've been training my entire life for this moment. He was ready for that moment. And mm-hmm. he, he legitimately was the king of Wakanda. He earned it. He won. I mean, he obviously was being, he was cruel with, with his intent on, on being the king, but they didn't take a shortcut with that. They didn't give you the out that, well, T'Challa would have beat him if it, if he didn't, you know, throw the, <laughs> yeah. throw the, throw the sand in his eye or something like that. Yeah. He was like, no, he, he fought T'Challa fair and square and won. And, and he had his birthright a, as it should have been. So I thought that was important that they represented it that way as well. Um, I don't, I don't know. It's here's the question though. The, yeah. the one issue I have with him coming back and being able to have the claim to the throne yeah. was when T'Challa comes back and then they have the whole ceremony of, you know, does anybody want to step up, basically? Killmonger wasn't there. So can is it possible then? I mean, theoretically, couldn't Shuri just come in and say, I want to be the queen. I want to challenge you. Like, can can any any bloodline member of the family yeah. just challenge at any point? You can do that, I, like, I, I guess, in the Wakandan society. I don't, I don't know. No, I think the way... Well, like, like I meant, like, like Wakanda's right? real. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I think... You can challenge at that moment, but once the king has been established, you can't. So then, and how the could only Killmonger reason, come in and do it? Because 
he was never given the opportunity, I think, to like yeah, Shuri maybe. turned down her because remember, Shuri could have challenged T'Challa oh, right. at the beginning yeah, of right, the right, right, right. Yeah. and she she turned it down. Yeah. But I think the fact that Killmonger never had the opportunity to say yay or nay what was the loophole. So this is kind of why they it, yeah. And even yeah, actually, yeah. even when he comes in, isn't isn't uh, T'Challa's mom? She's saying like, "No, don't don't give it to him." And T'Challa right. just being an honorable man and not really right. knowing much about Killmonger, just like, "Sure, let's do it." Like, yeah, right. I'll, I'll give him that. No, especially knowing who he is, it's the honorable thing to do. So I mean, it's yeah. pretty honorable that he he went ahead and did that. Um, oh, other uh, other thing, and I I don't want to ramble on too much about no, this, keep but going, the- man. But the two characters that really stole the show for me, obviously Sherry. Sherry's fantastic in it. But Mbaku, Mbaku, Winston Duke, <laughs> so so good yep. coming in. And 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 again, just a little, you know, the sign of the times where we are. I mean, his real name is Manape. That's that's what it was in the comics, right? You're not gonna do that in a movie. I mean, <laughs> no. that obviously people are not not gonna take well to that. But uh, lo- loved his portrayal, uh, Mbaku. I thought it was really good, and and I love even you know when we um. Oh my God! Um, I, I want to say the Hobbit. <laughs> Why am I Martin his Freeman. Name? Martin, Martin Freeman. Freeman. Um, his character when you know when they obviously they think T'Challa is dead and they go to Mbaku about um, you know taking the 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 herb or whatever and being the next Black Panther or at least challenging for the throne. And uh, when there was some funny line about oh no we're vegetarian or he said he was going to eat him or something yeah, like there yeah, was yeah. Like, oh no I'm kidding we're vegetarians yeah. just just a little humor like that it was, it was really good. <laughs> Yeah, he plays that, that role well. Uh, well, speaking of The Hobbit, then, I mean, let's talk about the other villain that's in this movie. And, of course, that's Claw. Yes. Makes his appearance, yes. Andy Serkis. And uh, most notably known, of course, for playing Gollum in, in Lord of the Rings. Um, but I, I love the character of Claw. <laughs> like, it just sucked that they had to kill him yeah. off. I mean, I hope we, we see him again. We talked about it before, but, like, Claw and his portrayal, Andy Serkis' portrayal, so good. Like, such a good, like, hateable villain like you lo- you love to hate him because he was just like just sassy just like rolling around like no one cared and I, yeah i hope we see him at some point maybe through disney plus or whatnot but it just felt very abrupt how they were just like all right he's a he's a device to get killmonger to wakanda and that's it yep that yep. was it he just used him to get to his ultimate goal. But I, I completely agree with you. He's such a fascinating character. And Andy Serkis just knocked it out of the park playing him that I really want to see more of that. And not to mention, we know in his backstory, he knew Tony Stark. I mean, he worked with Tony yeah. Stark. Like, what did he say? Yeah. He met him at some, a conference some or something. weapons conference or something like mm-hmm. that. And Stark quickly shoot it off. That, 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 that was a long time ago. That was <laughs> in my past. That's not I, who I am anymore. I think I, you know, even if, like Andy Serkis obviously could play like a bunch of other characters in the MCU uh, just simply because of his experience doing mocap, the mocap and being really good at, he was actually one of the ones that helped um, them work on Hulk and they made Hulk a better mocap experience. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. Yeah, you're right. Um, But yeah, we'll, we'll see. I've, you know, I like him as a character and I like his ability to just kind of shape shift into whatever is needed. So yeah, maybe we do see him again, even if it's not his claw. uh, He's got the acting chops to kind of do whatever. Yeah. What, what song does he sing when he's in there? Like, 
Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. No more. Isn't he singing that like where they have him like locked up in the room? And yeah. just the yeah. way his voice is and that, it's great. And then one of the most brutal scenes, I think, for Claw that, that they have is that initial scene when they're robbing the museum. And he holds the guy and he's like, don't worry. Come here. Come here. Come here. And he has the guy come, come close to him. And he's just like, if, if you just, I'll let you go. Go ahead. And the guy starts running away. And he just blasts the guy in the back of the head. I mean, he is just a brutal, brutal character. So I think there's so much they could do, um, you know, with with him. So I, like you said, Swain, I hope we see him definitely in the uh, the streaming. Uh, let's see who else do we? I mean, we can talk about Forrest Whitaker. I mean, his character. I think you know he's he's Forrest Whitaker doing his thing. Definitely is playing as Zuri. Who, you know, every time I would hear him say Zuri and Zuri, it was kind of confusing me. Yeah. In the movie, the but, black, the black panther. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, he was actually, you know, an interesting character because he's he held that secret this entire yes, time. The big secret, you know. Yep. Yeah, yeah. He he's the one that knew. He was there that night when when T'Challa, you know, killed his brother. So, yeah. I mean, again, the entire cast is fantastic. Angela really, Bassett, I don't, I don't even, we didn't even mention. Yeah. I mean, she's fantastic. Yeah. She's a vampire, by the way. I just want you to know, <laughs> she played. Uh, in Boys in the Hood, where she was the mom of Trey like 25 years ago, and now she's the mom of Black Panther in like 2018, and she, and she still same. looks the same. She's a vampire. <laughs> Paul she's Rudd like is Nicolas Cage. Her, her and Nicolas yeah. Cage are the two vampires of Hollywood. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, let's see. I mean, we talk about uh, I guess just kind of even the the post credit scenes. I know we're moving here. We can even come back to some more, but uh, the post credit scenes, of course, we get the great shot of uh, Bucky. We kind of see what Bucky's up white, to in there. White Wolf. The White mm-hmm. Wolf. Yep. So we have that. And then what was the second scene? Oh, then the second scene is when he goes to the, the United reveal. Nations. Right? Yep. yep. And they're getting ready to reveal. What do you think the impact's going to be? I mean, obviously, we get a little bit of that kind of in Infinity War. But, like, what do you think, I think, moving forward just in the MCU? Do you think there's going to be people coming? Or is it going to be more focused on, like, what we see them setting up the Science Center? And it's going to be more I, that. I think we're going to see the spread of Wakandan technology throughout the MCU at this point. It'll it'll show up in places they, that we weren't expecting. They obviously still retain some of their secret secrecy yeah. because in Infinity War, they still had to go through what was like a camouflaged yeah. portal to get into Wakanda. So obviously it's still kind of uh, a retreat and a hidden city is of sorts. Um, but I think that opens it up to more attacks. If we're being honest, like yeah. down the line, just being like, you're still like, you're not giving enough. We know you got more in there and it's kind of going to be a little bit testy, uh, in the future black Panther movies, whether or not, you know, where the villains come from. Um, and, yeah, I, I think it, I think there's something to be said about Shuri being like the smartest person on the planet. <laughs> yeah. And really putting Bruce Banner to shame, like in Infinity War, just being like, why didn't you program it this way? And he's like, uh, we didn't think of it. She's like, you tried your best. That's cute. Um, <laughs> I would love to see her interact with. You know, maybe be like part of the, uh, you know, if God forbid Tony is gone after Endgame, she's gonna ha- maybe be the Tony of the Avengers. That's where yeah. she's creating suits, creating technology, really upgrading everyone there. Uh, we'll see. 
Yeah. I mean, she almost, you think, would have to be, right? I mean, because really, who else? I mean, we don't know where, what situation Banner's going to be in. I mean, if they go down yeah. the Professor Hulk road, maybe, you know, he could kind of be doing that. But, I mean, she seems to be the one, especially because she has access to the vibranium, to all the technology that's already there. Like, And we already know there's another Black Panther down the line uh, within the next two years or so, I think. Yeah. I think Brian Cogman yeah. is already... Yeah. Sign Where do you on, want so. that next that next movie to go? Because I think for me, and, and I, I don't know if I mentioned this uh, on the air, but like for me, you know, I knew this was going to be an origin story film, but like being that we saw him in Civil War, I was almost hoping it was going to be kind of like the I, the um, like Spider-Man Homecoming, where it's like, yeah, we know you know who Spider-Man is. Here we go. We're on a Spider-Man adventure. But of course, Black Panther, not everybody knows, you know, kind of the, the just history of Wakanda and what Wakanda is. So they, they definitely had to go into that. But in this movie, I just love the uh, the bar scene and that. And like that's I wanted more of that, like Black Panther being Black Panther doing. I mean, I liked it that there was some of this espionage kind of going on. I, I hope that the next film has a scene like that. It was almost like this Mission Impossible type scene. But then everything just turns into mayhem and chaos, which which, by the way, I mean, I don't know if we've said it yet here on the, the show, but. I don't care now about like Fast and the Furious or any of those those um, franchises, but the MCU has, to me, the greatest car scenes out of any film franchise. I mean, of course, <laughs> we got 20 movies or 22 movies, whatever, by the end, this is all said and done. But, I mean, every car chase scene is just incredible. And this one takes it to a whole, nevel, a whole another level, and it's unlike anything we've ever seen. It's somebody driving a virtual car with, you know, and Shuri driving this car with Black Panther on top of the car, jumping and flipping around. It is, it's so cool. And, um, you know, it, it seems like that's just the staple of the MCU is like these, these just awesome car chase scenes. It's, it's great. I love yeah, it. It was good. It was good. I, I'll say selfishly, I would like to see two things happen in the sequel. Um, I would like to see them introduce Namor as a, you know, kind of an anti-hero, you know, nemesis mm. to Black Panther. We, we've had that in the comics. So that'd be a nice way to intro him. You know, the the other secret society we didn't know about. Yeah, I Atlantis, think Namor you know. is another tricky uh, property. Yeah, it's same, yeah, it's very similar to Hulk. But if he's in a Black like Panther Hulk, movie, they can put him in another yep. movie and they can get away with it. Um, and then selfishly, I don't think this will happen, but... I would love to see them introduce Storm now that they got the X-Men back. I would yeah. love to see them introduce Storm in with Black Panther because, you know, in the comics, she actually becomes the queen of Wakanda at one point. And maybe mm -hmm. they play it off where there is this kind of love triangle between her and Nakia and, and T'Challa. I'd like to see something like that as well. So, but that's it's just me selfishly. Storm is definitely like Storm and Wakanda is definitely the a uh, small portal that they could take to the uh, the X Men to get yep. to the X Men, yeah. So, hmm. I wonder where that's gonna go, man. I, I that's one thing. I mean, this, that's totally getting off topic, but just like where this, this a, Fox quick, deal is going to go. Like, I read a thing today. Uh, Kevin said that there's no X Men within the next five years. Yeah, okay. but that's kind of he was kind of misquoted. Like a, an yeah. X-Men movie. Yeah. Like a straight yeah. up X-Men movie is probably not in the cards for the next five years, but they sure could put someone in one of the movies mm -hmm. or in a post credit scene or in Disney plus. There's so many different avenues that they could use. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, yeah. We'll say I just want the old X-Men cartoon on the Disney streaming service, please. That's all I want. I, I love that X-Men cartoon. <laughs> yep. So good. Uh, all right. Well, uh, what do we got? Where's Stan Lee in this movie? Do we talk about Stan Lee? He's in that, that bar scene. He is. Yep. Yeah. 
He's in the bar. Another, another classic stand scene for sure. Um, and we, we talked about the post credit scene. So anything else? I guess we want to wrap up here with Black Panther. Do we, do we miss anybody? No, no, I think we we covered it pretty well. We got Claw in there. Like I mentioned, Nakia yeah. at the end. We didn't talk about her too much. She actually sympathized more with what Killmonger was trying to do, but she was obviously doing it in a peaceful way right. because part of her job as a spy, she was going around helping these other mm-hmm. African nations that, that were being oppressed. Um, yeah, I think we covered it pretty much. And doesn't he, I think T'Challa says to her towards the end where he's like, you know, I know you want to do that, but I found a way you could do both. Because he's basically saying, yeah. like, I want you to stay with me, but I found a way you could do both. And that's when they open the um, the science center. Uh, you know, one one character, I'm going to put quotations around that character we haven't talked about, is just Wakanda itself. Yep. You know, that first scene when you fly into the mountain and you, you just see this amazingly you know just kind of uh, real life depicted city of wakanda it's awesome i think to kind of see it just jump off the paper of a comic book into the screen was very neat you know what it was for me Sweet? it was almost very reminiscent of like like coruscant you know almost there was one uh, scene where you kind of see yes, it looking out yeah, and it just yep, reminded yep. me of coruscant from star wars you know like in, like episode one or even episode three maybe uh, it gives it was, me it the cool. uh like uh, uh asgard vibes too like yeah. uh there's a great moment in the uh one of the end game trailers where it's like red and white at the beginning that uh, it shows a lot of old footage at the beginning of the end game trailer. And when the, like the music starts to like really peak is when they show Asgard. And it's like, it really is just like classic MCU goosebumps moment. Just like nice. they didn't even show anything new. And I was just like, <laughs> Oh yes. Like this is, and those moments, those great, like, panoramas of planets and cities and all that like they're so good and black panther delivers time and time again not just in black panther right now paris you said you had a theory that you wanted to share here at the end of this episode so what do you got okay so and this this has to do with the avengers theory master yeah so always i saw I saw an Iron Man 2 clip on YouTube that was talking. It was the scene where Nick Fury is sitting in, you know, where, where Iron Man with the donut thing. So it was right after he fought Rhodey. So it's like at, in this diner where I think it was Randy's Donuts or whatever it was. But they're sitting in the in the in the coffee shop in the diner talking and Stark, not Stark, I'm sorry. Nick Fury is explaining to Stark about Howard Stark and just his the past with the arc reactor and everything. So to kind of set this up. So we know that Howard Stark has had that Tesseract since the 40s. When Cap crashed the plane, Howard Stark is the one that found the Tesseract and had been studying it. And what Nick Fury is explaining to Tony Stark is that the arc reactor was based off of, off of him finding the Tesseract. It's basically what he's telling him, right? And ah. you, if you go to the scene where Tony is watching the film, the the, the B footage mm-hmm. of Howard Stark and basically telling Tony how I'm limited by the technology of my time, you know, you're going we're, we're assuming this. He was talking about basically the, the palladium problem where that was basically killing Tony. But what Nick Fury was telling him in the scene is that the arc reactor is incomplete. He, he goes, it was it was not meant for what you think it was. It was meant for something greater. It was meant to be able to absorb all this power. Is going to be one of the greatest revolution things that we ever saw. So I know I'm watching this. Yeah. So I'm I'm watching this and I'm thinking, huh. The first Avengers movie. 
Thor hits Tony Stark with the lightning, the arc reactor absorbs all the energy and powers up the suit to 400%, right? Later in Avengers, when Loki goes to use the Mind Stone, the staff, to take over Tony Stark's mind, the arc reactor stops him from doing it because it's based off of the Tesseract. So you have basically two dueling Infinity Stones here that are counteracting each other. Obviously, going into Infinity War, Doctor Strange went to the future and saw that Tony Stark was the most important character. He had to stay alive because he does something that allows them to obviously win. I think, and this is my crazy theory, Howard Stark is actually the most important character to defeating Thanos. And it was in plain sight the entire time because he, no one else in the MCU had the Tesseract as long as he did to study it and to understand what it was and how to harness its power other than Howard Stark. Wow. Only him. Apparently, and he does, and Howard he designed, Stark's character filmed some Endgame scenes. Yeah, yeah. he did. He yep. did. That, that's the rumor. So I think, there's, I think we're going to see the Quantum Realm. I think we see Tony go back and talk to a younger Howard Stark, and we find out that the arc reactor is actually the secret to stopping Thanos. And it was there I, the entire time. I think that that sets up the Stark gauntlet line a little bit. Yes. Like, I take yes. that and say, yes, like, yep. You, Tony, you already have the technology or the ability to create technology that can harness yes. infinity stones. Do it. And, and what about this? Hmm. What have we been, what if we've seen the, the quote unquote Thanos buster in front of our eyes the entire time in these trailers, the Mark 85 is actually the Thanos buster because it can actually harness the power of the Infinity Stones. And like we said, we already know Tony's going to go in the lab. He, he's in the Mark 50 in Infinity War. He's in the Mark 85 by Endgame. There's 35 revisions of this suit. Why? What has he been working on this entire time? And what if it's that he's been actually mm. per perfecting what Howard Stark started all those years ago with the arc reactor. That's my crazy thing. <laughs> I love it, man. I, I, that makes sense. I mean, the, and the, then it's the ultimate callback to, to, to the first Iron Man where it all started. To, yeah. I mean, that just encompasses everything. Wow. 16 days, fellas. 16 yeah. days. Wow. You'll know. Well, I will say this. So we have two more episodes left. I, for those um, you know that have been kind of following along, we have been, of course, doing this in order. Captain Marvel, we kind of shoved in the middle there when it came out. But uh, the next episode, we will actually be talking about Ant-Man and the Wasp. will be the next episode that will hit your feed. So if you do want to be tuning in kind of uh, concurrently with the show, that will be the next one. And watch along with us. That will be the next episode. And then right before Endgame, we will be doing Infinity War, and then that episode will be our big theories, prediction show, all of that. And I and think then, that uh, one's going to drop the day of Endgame so that you can listen to us and then go see Endgame yep. and then find out how wrong we are. Yes. <laughs> about <laughs> our Endgame spoilers. <laughs> yep. Really and then, quick. And then expect, uh, we'll let everybody get through the movie that weekend, you know, one, two, three, seven times, however many times it is that you see it. And then probably Tuesday is when we'll release our big spoilerific, big, you know, I guess, quote unquote, final episode for 
uh, the MCU because this has been a whole lead up to Endgame. So just kind of give you guys a heads up as to where we're going. Uh, don't forget, email us, mcurewatch at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts and theories. Hit us up with some theories as well. We love love hearing that. I mean, Paris just gave you you know, his, his uh, crazy theory, but you know what? It makes sense. <laughs> I mean, it's something that, that sounds great. Uh, and, of course, you can follow us on Twitter at mcurewatch. And uh, real quick, guys, any, I mean, any final thoughts on Black Panther before we move on? I mean, obviously, it is a very um, impactful movie. It's one of the biggest movies of all time, you know, when you kind of look at just how much money it made at the box office and all that. Um, I think the, the repercussions of the movie, not necessarily, not necessarily in the MCU, but just for what that movie represented moving forward is going to be huge for film, definitely. Um, anything else you guys want to throw out at the end? Awesome. Fantastic movie. Yeah, All righty. So with that, everybody, thank you here for tuning in. And with that, we'll catch you next episode.